the difference between those people? They said, well, no, you know, nothing. And I said, yes, there's a massive difference. I'll tell you what the difference is. The guys who worked all day long, they have got a lot more fruit than the guys who only worked one hour, even though they all got the same amount of pay. Isn't that true? If you're saved here today, you're going to go to glory. But I recommend you start serving the Lord now. Don't wait until you're old like me. Man, I wish you could have seen me. No, I don't. I was a long hair rock and roll punk who could have cared less about a Baptist church. I had a girl friend who took me to her Baptist church, and we stood outside smoking cigarettes and laughing it up. And some guy came out there. I guess he was a deacon. Get out of here. What are you doing here? You're not supposed And put that fag out and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I'm never going to a Baptist church. And I never did until 1981 when an Irish-American led me to Christ. And in fact, he didn't even like Baptist churches. It wasn't until I left, got out of the Navy and, and I went to the church where my father had uh, gotten saved because somebody came to the door, knocked on the door of my dad's house, and led him to Christ. Out of a, out of, and he, he left the Catholic church and offended my mother so bad. It split the whole family up. There's a cost to trusting Christ. And he, he just wanted the truth. But anyways, thank you for, for staying with us and supporting us and all that. Because there's a good reason for a Baptist church in a local area. We're the light. We are. We need to be the soldiers for Christ. And you don't have to go to missions. You don't have to go to Ireland to serve God and to start bearing fruit. You're supposed to be doing it right now where you are. And I just want to praise the Lord. I mean, Elijah might not like this, but thanks for playing piano. I was impressed. And see up there playing. That's really good. Get the young people involved in it. I thought that was great. Turn your Bible to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, it was pretty amazing during the COVID break uh, that, you know, everybody was shut down. And, and so they shut us down. You could not go more than, I think, five kilometers from your house. I don't know how they were going to measure that, but they, <laughs> that's what they said. And so people were walking down up, up and down the road where we live. And some of you have been there, you know where we are out in the country. And, but I had only witnessed to a few of the people on our road. But that summer, in 2020, I got, to, I got to talk to every one of the people on our road. And I, I'm just grateful for that privilege. And what I used was the whole, um, the whole thing, the whole COVID thing. You know, somebody sent me a DVD. I think I shared with the fellows at the, uh, the meeting yesterday. But, um, and it was a... It was, they showed it was a drone flying over Earth, and it went over to Mecca, where there was usually 10 millions of people go there every year to throw rocks at that black thing, cast out Satan, and they, they go around that little box chanting and whatever they do, and there was nobody there. And then the drone flies over to Paris, and the people who go there every year by the millions, and there was nobody there, flies over to Rome at the Basilica, where Thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people go every year to pay homage to the Pope or wherever they do over there, and there was nobody there. Goes, flies over to New York City, and Broadway, the city that never sleeps, and there was nobody there. And it wasn't, and you know, it wasn't how you can Photoshop stuff. There was nobody there. And at the end, it was, it was actually something about global warming and stuff, but I don't care about that. But it struck me this year when I was reading the book of Zechariah that the world will be at peace 
there would be a time when the whole world would be at peace. And that, I've read the Bible for 40 years, but that jumped out at me, hair on the back of my neck, this part right there stood up, and I'm like, that's amazing. How close are we? And so we took, I took the opportunity to start telling people about the Lord. I'm glad I'm here in America because I want to witness to every one of my relatives. I hope God gives me a chance to tell them, even before I go back to Ireland. Which, and by the way, I, I struggle with going. I have children, grandchildren, and all that, and we're getting older and all that stuff. And, uh, but last, was it last Sunday? It was the Sunday before last. Anyways, pastor preached a message on Peter stepping out of the boat. And don't you think it's amazing when Jesus said, Peter, we got, you know, he had to pick him up out of the water after he started to sing. He said, oh, thou of little faith. And here's 11 guys sitting in the boat looking. We didn't have, you know, they're saying, wow, what a man of amazing faith. And what the difference was is that he said, Peter, you don't have that enduring faith. He had faith. He believed in God. But, and I got convicted. I said, man, Lord, if you want me to go back to Ireland, I will go. And I went forward, and I surrendered to go again. And I wouldn't even be here in this room today, honestly. That meant for that. Because every time, you can surrender today to serve the king of glory the rest of your life. But you have zero idea what's coming down the pipe. And pastor told us there's going to be days when you're not going to like it and all that, you know. And you, you can't, there's no way you can lay your life down on the altar and have a, any clue what's coming. But I'm telling you, it is worth, it's worth serving the Lord. Revelation chapter 1, let's read verse 1. Uh, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signify it by his angel unto his servant John. Verse 8, or sorry, verse 7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. How's that going to work? And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty, our Father. We look forward to your coming. And I pray today, right, Father, right now, if there's somebody in this room who has never bowed the knee to you, the King of glory, that they would do that today. I pray you draw them out of the darkness. I resist Satan in the name of Jesus Christ, who's invisible, can't see him, but he's always working. Try to hold people back. They're not going to bow their knee to the king of glory, but they will someday. I hope they do it now, sooner than later, that they might have fruit that would abound really to your glory, to your account. We love you and ask you to bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. By the way, the fruit, not ours, <laughs> it's for him. And he's going to get all the glory for anything you've ever done. Um, I thought this interesting that John wrote, um, the Lord gave the Lord Jesus Christ to this, to show his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Now, you may not agree with John here when he says his coming must shortly come to pass because, you know, that's been... Well, look at it this way. There were 2,000 years from creation to the flood. Shortly come to pass means 
in God's time. There were 2,000 years between, roughly between the creation and the flood. Then there was another 2,000 years roughly between the flood and the birth of Jesus Christ, which happens to be roughly 2,021 years ago, right? And that, yeah, that's right, isn't it? And um, how long has it been since Jesus Christ left us? Well, he died when he was 33, roughly. You can't really, I don't know exactly the date, but I know this, that if you look, if it was 1900, uh, sorry, yeah, 33 years from 2021 leaves about 1900 and what, 98 or something like that? Somebody do the math. I don't know how to do the math, but I know that it's, it's been not quite 2,000 years, right? If you take it for 33 years. That leaves not that many years left to get to that 2,000-year point. Now, that could be another 13 years or so from now. I don't know, but I know this. It could be tonight, and we're not supposed to know exactly when he's going to come because... And every generation needs to believe the Lord could come now. You don't wait to trust Jesus when you're a big girl or a big boy. Don't do that. You might not get to be a big girl or a big boy. <laughs> you might not get to be like me. If, when I grew long hair and I was a rock and old party animal, I never thought. I, I, old people, everybody that was 30 was old. 60-year-olders were enchanted. I mean, they were they were. They were dinosaurs man and now that i am one i'm like wait a minute that's not too bad i still have like sharon said i'm almost 30 man that's pretty cool i wish i could sing with the young people blah 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 so anyways no one knows but one thing's for certain he is going to come and are we close are we there is this it i know one thing that when you consider that jesus said it will be like it was in the days of Noah. They'll be eating, drinking, marrying, giving to marriage. In other words, they're going to be at a time when everything's returned back to normal. But we just got rocked. 2020 was a weird year. From, and the, I've been around 60 years, and nothing ever weird like that had ever happened. How close are we to the Lord Jesus Christ coming? I don't know. John 4, I know one thing, though. It's certain that he is going to come. John 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe you God? Believe also in me, Jesus said, and my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. I will come again, he said. Revelation 1, 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. How are you going to do that? Well, I know this, that he, it doesn't matter. The earth is round, contrary to the flat earthers. The earth is round, and he's going to come. And when he comes, everybody's going to see him. You won't even need a dumb phone like mine. You won't need a, a, a dinosaur phone like my wife. She's got the old Nokia that's 25 years old, and the people are saying, you need to upgrade. She said, no, I like my phone, and I, I don't need a, a smartphone. Anyways. You won't even need that. Every eye is going to see him. As he said, every eye will see him. Uh, and so, but I like this too, that every eye will see him, even them that pierced him. All kindreds of the earth will wail because of him. Even so, and that may be actually talking about the moment when he literally comes down from heaven. I'm okay with that. In fact, this is how we know, though, that uh, he has not already come. And some 
era previous to this one, since he, the time he ascended back up into heaven. Um, that verse right there, every eye shall see him. Uh, some hold that he came invisibly back in 1914. The Watchtower Society, the pastor mentioned this morning in his message, the false uh, Watchtower Society, I don't even give him the credit of being Jehovah's Witnesses. I am a Jehovah's Witness, literally. They are not. They don't even recognize Jesus Christ as God. They don't even know who he is. Um, but from, taken from their eschatology online, quote, the Watchtower Society publications teach that Jesus Christ returned invisibly and began to rule in heaven as king in October of 1914. Only big problem with that, well, a lot of big problems with that, but one of them is the tribulation only lasts seven years. <laughs> they got a problem now. Uh, so, and he's not going to come invisibly. Every eye shall see him. Even the people that pierced him are going to see him. That, I think that involves bringing people up from the dead. And we celebrated pastor just a few minutes ago. Amen. It's great to see the eyes of the blind come to see. And it's great to see lame people made to walk, but amazing to see a guy get up from the dead. I've really contemplated about what makes Jesus weep. And I've thought about speaking about, you know, the time the girls went to the tomb and, and Lazarus got up from the dead. It was amazing. But Jesus wept because they just, they just didn't believe he could even do that. And we, we take God's soul. We just don't believe as much as we could. Like Peter got out of a boat and walked on water. I've walked on water before. How many folks you guys walked on water? <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, I can't believe you said that. But that's so true. I walked on ice because it froze, and I walked all over the place. Now the Irish, they don't walk on water because they don't. They they don't. They've never seen that before, typically, uh, unless they left their country, because the water don't normally freeze. But one day, one year, about ten years ago, the water froze on our pond about three inches thick, so my Josiah, my youngest, and I got out there, and we were laying down, and we were making snow angels, and we were walking all around, and the people were horrified and begged us to get off because we thought we were going to die. And Anyways, you can walk on water. Just got to wait for it to freeze. So God gave this revelation to the Apostle John, who bear record of the Word of God, verse 2 says, and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. And thankfully, we have the New Testament account. Now, I like that fact that there's no other book in the whole world, in the whole world, that can give us a glimpse into the future except the Bible. And I had some Muslim friends drag me to their, to their mosque a few years back. Maybe I told you about that in a letter. I can't remember. But, um, and, and I went there because they said they'd come to my church if I went to their mosque. So on a Friday, I went to their, their mosque, and they, I had to wash my feet and do all the stuff, and they set me in the back corner big old room right in right town in Dublin and uh, they got the guy they gave me a headset because the man was speaking in Urdu and I don't know Urdu and none of the people in the room knew Urdu but it's so uh, they but the dude got up there and people start coming in and I estimated there'd be about 400 people there and they all did their jumping jacks sit up sit, Fight, fight, fight. They did all that stuff, you know, and, and then the man got up to speak, and he rattled, prattled on for a little while, and he actually went right down to the five fundamentals of Islam, and he encouraged them all, and we left, and we went down underneath the city of Dublin, which I was blown away. There's about 10 restaurants down there that serve food from all over the world. I had no idea. Crawling with them, and I, I was just a, a startle. I had no idea, but on the way home, I asked the fellows, I said, what would happen if I become a Muslim today? 
And he said, well, you could have all your sin forgiven. Did you know that? The, 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 the Quran teaches you have all your sin forgiven. And I said, I did not know that. Really? Well, what happens after that? Do I get to go to heaven? Oh, no, no, no. You become a sinner as soon as you get all your sins forgiven. It's true. And then you have to do the best you can from the moment you become a Muslim till you die. And you might get to go to heaven. That, and I said, you guys are getting ripped off. The Bible says Jesus Christ paid for all your sin. No man can pay for your sins. You have to pay for your own. I said, that's not what the Bible says. It says he paid all our sins. He suffered and died and was buried and rose again to be our Savior. And if you put your faith and trust in him, he'll cleanse you of all your sin, past, present, and future. And you'll be guaranteed eternal life. I witnessed to him all the way home. They didn't throw me out of their car. And the, the Muhammad has actually become a, he's friendly to me at least now. And, uh, and anyways, but the, the Quran is not true. This is the only book in the Bible that will tell you your future. You know, Henry Ironside one time got on a train or a bus, I forget what it was, and he met a witch. She was a white witch, and she, she said, you know, if you'll give me some money, I will tell you your future. He said, you can keep your money, and I'll tell you your future. Right now, you are dead and trespassed in sin. And unless you repent and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to die and go to hell. She got off the bus at the next stop. He got out of the But he told her, that's your future. He preached it out of Ephesians. Um, verse 3 says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now, that was written a long time ago. I know. But every single generation needs to think or believe it might be now. Because I'll tell you what, if you don't, well, that one, guy, one day a guy told me that, why do you believe in a 2,000-year-old book? And I said, it's not 2,000 years old. It's 3,500 years old. <laughs> well, if you consider that Moses wrote about 1,500 years before the Bible was written, okay, 2,000 years, so on. I said because it's alive. It's a living word. And it tells you your future right here. And if you read it, verse 3 says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written therein for the time is at hand. So you're going to be enriched if you read it. And that's what blessed means. Blessed means you're not just going to be happy. You're not always happy as a Christian. But you will be enriched. You will be enriched. You read the word of God. I promise that's what the Bible says. Um, and... Uh, You'll be all the better for it. And then you'll be prepared for something so crucial as your eternal destiny if you receive and believe the Bible. I watch these people go, and they spend a couple dollars. going. They'll go lay down a couple euros to bet on how fast this horse. Don't ever bet on horses. You ever watch the horse races? They, your guy never wins. Don't put money on a horse. Sorry, I know people have horses around here, but... Uh, it's called Ladbrokes. And Sharon said, that is spelled wrong. I said, what do you mean? They put the S in the wrong place. It's not Ladbrokes. It should be Lads Broke. And she was right about that. You going to gamble with your eternal destiny? People do all the time. They say, well, he hadn't been there for 2,000 years. He'll probably never come. But Jesus can't lie. That means he's coming again. And it could be this year. And you should not put it off. Some folk genuinely believe and teach error like this. Buses in England. 
have, they stamped them on there, and it said, there probably is no God, so do whatever you want for as long as you want, because there's probably no consequences either, unquote. What a dumb thing to put on. How do you know? And then, here's another one. It all ends when you die. There is no heaven or hell. Really? I love what Dr. Ledbetter, my, our missionary friend, we work with down in Cork, and he would say, you better be right. How do you know what's going to happen in the future? You don't, unless you read the Bible. And if you read the Bible, you do know what's going to happen in the future. And there isn't any more revelation. We got it. So don't believe those dumb lies. And... Uh, there is a God, Revelation 1.8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord which is and which was and which is to come. The Almighty, he's going to bring an end to it all. Now, don't get discouraged. You say, I'm not married yet. I kind of want to get married before the Lord comes back. I'm like, don't worry. Well, go get married. So what? Amen. Well, if your man likes you, I guess, so make sure you do it right. Um, uh, or, uh, no, I wanted to... I wanted to travel around the world. Well, go save your money and go travel around the world. <laughs> Fine. Just don't put off trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because he's coming again. He gave us his word. That means it's going to come to pass. And there is a God, Revelation 1.8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, he saith the Lord, which is, right now, which was, figure that one out, and which is to come, the Almighty. And there is a heaven, John 14, we read that verse. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go prepare a place for you, I will come again so that where I am, there you may be also. When Jesus Christ rose again from the dead, 10 days later, 10 days later, 30, no, 40 days later, he, yeah, 40 days later, he physically ascended up into heaven. He hadn't come back yet. He's there. There really is a place. And I like to tell people in Ireland, you know, God created this whole world. And I got to Tennessee and I'm like, man. Mrs. Umstead was driving me down the road the other day. We come up over there, and I said, whoa, look at that. Top of the trees for miles and valleys. It was just spectacular. But this is cursed. This is cursed. People want to go to Ireland. Man, they can't wait to see all this stuff. I failed. I went to the Rocky Mountains before I went to Ireland, and it took me years before I could see the beauty of Ireland. Now I get it. <laughs> I couldn't see it for a while. This is cursed. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, I can't prove it, but he's been preparing a place. And if he did all this in six days, six literal 24-hour days, and we know it was six literal 24-hour days because it's written in stone in the Ten Commandments, thou six days shalt thou labor, and the seventh day you will rest. That couldn't be millions of years, right? Amen. Because God created the world, and he rested on the seventh day. Guaranteed it was six literal days, right? And this is cursed. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Imagine if you made a place that's going to last for eternity. I'm telling you, man, he's got a place for us. And, and I was looking at this revelation, and you keep on reading back to about the 21st chapter where New Jerusalem comes down out of heaven, 1,500 miles square and 1,500 miles straight up. I like to ski. I hope there's some place in there where I can go skiing, man. Colorado Rocky Mountains in the heaven. I don't know if you like to go swimming. I hope there's, I know there's a crystal river there. And I suppose if you could take the thing that was 1,500 miles square, 1,500 straight up, that's a lot of room for putting a bunch of apartments, isn't it? I figure you can get all of this somewhere down in Florida. We'd all have a square foot to live in. The whole 8 billion people. 
man, his place is going to be big and it's going to be rich. It's going to be everything you ever dreamed, but you're not going to spend a minute there unless you bow your knee to he who is, who was, and who is to come. There is a God, there is a heaven, and I have to tell you this, there is a hell, a literal hell. Matthew 10, 28, fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What the Apostle John wrote here in the book of Revelation, he meant for the churches that were in existence back to the seven churches, he said, which are in Asia. I know the Apostle Paul went up there, started the church of Ephesus, and I got a feeling they went out and started these other churches at Pergamos and Smyrna and Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea. These churches were all given the same blessing by the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from them. He which is, which was, and which is to come. And apparently, there's little or nothing left to some of those churches over there. Every single, you know what, this church, we're celebrating Pastor's 20th year. Praise the Lord, brother, for just being faithful. Amen. And this church is still here, but it could all be gone in one generation. One generation. Uh, the great golden throat of of uh, England, uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, 45,000 people came through that. Guy's church, he had thousands of people all flocking out to see him all the time. And guess what? Over there in England, can't even hardly tell where the guy was there. One generation, this church, this whole thing could be gone. People get mad at pastor and leave and all that stuff, but, or mad at each other, or, or maybe just get sick and tired of going to church, whatever. This is a blessed thing you have right here. I hope to hold on to it and keep it going. Um, the challenge was to the churches, grace to you and peace from him which is, which was, which is to come. And so John mentions grace and peace from him which is and was. And my commentator named Matthew Henry, he said there can be no true peace where there is not true grace. And where grace goeth before, peace will follow. If you seek peace in your life, seek first the grace of God. And then, you know, once the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you'll have peace, abiding peace. Amen. Uh, and uh, if the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you have the Holy Spirit, who is the Prince of Peace. I'd like to encourage you to have that today. We live in a very strange world. Chaotic, so it is. But I, you stop and look at it. There is nothing new under the sun. I'm glad some of you people are pregnant in here. I'm glad you're having children because the Bible says that child can live. He'll fake and face on certain days because Jesus lives. Amen. My little grandson, I think, is in the womb right now uh, down there in Florida. And uh, all things work well, I'll have another one. And I'm glad this, that they're confident the Lord's going to take care of them because he can. And, he, and amen. Don't be afraid to live a full life right here. Because nobody knows how long it's going to be before Jesus comes again. But do be warned. He is coming again. Anyways, uh, so we have the blessed, the blessings in the name of, the, of a holy trinity, really. Um, and it's an active adoration from him who is, was, and is to come. So the Father is the first one named here. He is described as Jehovah, who is, was, and is to come. The unchanging, eternal, almighty God. Isaiah included that list of names back in chapter 9 and verse 6. He's called the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. John reiterated, it's right here, who is, who was, and who is to come. And today, believers know the Lord as the Holy Spirit. Let me just put it this way. 
the Jews only knew Jehovah by what they heard, right? In the garden, Adam and Eve, they heard his voice walking in the cool of the day. They heard the mountain, the trumpet blaring and everything. They said, please, you go, Moses. We don't want to hear that. And they were scared. To death. They heard his voice. It was like, I don't know, thunder and whatever. It was loud and it was scary, but it was also a still small thing. But they only knew him by hearing him, didn't they? He who is. The believers know Jesus Christ as he who was. Almost 2,000 years ago, well, 2,021 years ago, Jesus Christ came on the scene. And, and uh, when he came, uh, uh, they saw him. 1 John 1, 1 and 2 says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled all the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That's who was. He who is, he who is, is Jehovah God. He who was, Jesus Christ, and he who is to come is Jesus Christ. We know him now, but we know who is right now is the Holy Spirit of God, don't we? When Jesus Christ ascended back up to heaven, he sent back the Holy Spirit of God. I guess that's who is right now, isn't it? And Jesus Christ is the one who is to come. The faithful witness, the Bible says. Again, I, we're celebrating pastor, his 20 years being here. That takes some faith, faithfulness. I like, I, I like to, sh when you think of what is faithful, I like to think of the sun, don't you? I've been around 60 years, and I've never not seen the sun. Amen. Even days when it was cloudy, the sun was still there. I mean, that, you can bet on it tonight, the sun is going to go down. It'll get dark, unless the Lord Jesus comes back. Faithful, faithful one, unchanging, loyal, steadfast, true to the original plan. Amen. And witness, one who sees and testifies to the truth. That's what witnesses are supposed to be. All of us are meant to be that, right? And that's why I like to tell the Watchtower Society guys, nobody should be a Jehovah Witness today. Jesus Christ said, ye shall be witnesses unto me. I like tell your Watchtower Society friend that one. Acts 1.8, the Bible says we're supposed to be witnesses unto Jesus Christ. And don't let them get away with saying they're Jehovah Witness Christians. They're not. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the first... This witness is very interesting. You know where the first time this word witness appears in our Bible is found in Genesis 21.30. Isaac is speaking here. He said, For these seven ewe lambs shalt thou take of my hand, that they may be a witness unto me that I have digged this well. I think that's interesting. Uh, these, these seven ewe lambs would be a reminder. But lambs come and go, don't they? The next verse is a rock in Josh 24, 26. Joshua 24, 26. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. Now, I think that's very interesting. When I was a young lad, they came out with these cool reel-to-reel -reel tapes at my sister's wedding. They had, they had the thing playing. That's where people put music. After that, they made them smaller. They put them on 
uh, eight track tapes, right? And you can shove that in your machine, even in your car, whatever. And then, then they came out with cassette discs, and that was kind of cool because you could put it in your Walkman and walk around with music playing them right on your little your hip. And then now that's on CDs, well now you can put it in your thumb drive. Now you, everything's getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Wouldn't it be mad if the walls could be recorded? What if you could record sound on a stone? I wonder what God, I wonder what some people would stop saying. I'm in the bathroom and I've got this thing here. And I went, oh no, he's supposed to, I better. <laughs> I forgot that he had that thing. I'm glad he turned it off, by the way. Wouldn't it be mad, though, if the, your walls could hear at your house? What if they gave an account of you? If they were a witness, might change the way you talk. Oh, my. Often involves a rock, a witness. And then when it came to man, there had to be two or more. Second Corinthians 13, 1 says, This is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. So in the case of John's testimony right here about Jesus Christ in the Revelation chapter 1, Jesus is considered to be all three, a lamb, a rock, and part uh, of the Trinity. He is also the one who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Do you think for a minute, he, the guy who demonstrated his inestimable love to the whole world on Mount Calvary, washed us in his own blood from the uncleansable stain of our sin without the blood, and then sealed us with the promise of the Holy Spirit, would for a nanosecond forget you, forsake you, and not come again? And he's coming again. And he's coming again to gather up his bride. I don't like being called a bride, except by Jesus. I can handle that. Because we're part of his body, which is an assembly he's building all over the world. And I kind of get the whole reason why people get married, and I, it's a picture of the day when we are gathered up to be with Jesus. And we had a great feast today, but it pales horribly to the day when he himself girds himself, the one who laid down his life so you and me could live. He's going to come back and get us again. The one who is, the one who was, the one who is going to come again. Don't give up, folks. Man, he's coming again. Yeah, it's been over 2,000 years. But don't, don't get in your mind that I wish you would have said that yesterday. No, no, no. Every generation, every child, every man and woman in every generation needs to know that it might be this year. It might be tonight. I don't know. But I can guarantee you he's coming again. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall... Don't you love the bit... I was standing out in my house in Ireland a couple months ago, and I'm standing there looking up in the heavens. I saw a satellite go by, and I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to see a star fall. Then I saw another satellite. Then I saw another satellite, and, I'm, and I saw them that fast. There goes another one. Like, <laughs> I've seen them go like this, and it takes a long time for them to get across the sky. But this was like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, I thought some army was out there firing rockets or something, and I stood and counted 50 of them. I, I Googled it. Who's, where did all these come from? Elon is sending up satellites in the heavens. His goal is 100,000. He's got 30-some thousand up there right now. 
30,000 satellites. He sends them up about 60 of them at a time, and I happened to see a string of them that night. But he's been doing it, and he's just spending all his money sending satellites into outer space. Why? His goal, 100,000 satellites spinning around above us so that nobody would lose their signal on their dumb phone. Now, I think that's interesting because the Bible says there's a day coming when downtown Jerusalem, two men are going to come. I happen to believe Jesus is going to come first, gather up the people, the believers. Then he's going to start what's known as the tribulation. In the middle of that seven-year period, two men are going to stand, and they're going to become witnesses for Jesus Christ. And the Bible says everybody is going to see those two guys. Now, I don't know about you. I can't see what's going on in Jerusalem right now. But if I have my dumb phone with me, I could see what's going on in Jerusalem. I could get Google Maps, and I could see exactly what's going on in Jerusalem. But they're going to celebrate when these guys stop preaching and they finally die and lay in the street. After three and a half years, they're gonna, they'll die and they'll be laying there for three days. And the people are going to celebrate. They're going to have a, a global party over two guys, two preachers who died. Everybody's going to see when those two lads get back up from the dead. <laughs> Everybody in the world is going to see it. Now, I don't know how you could do that. When I was a boy, there was no such thing as a cell phone except on Star Wars. Beam me up, Scotty. Stuff like that. No such thing. And everybody kind of dreamed about it. I saw the astronauts go off, and the teacher asked us. Uh, we were nine years old. And we came back to school that year, and they asked us to write down cool things we'd like to see. I wrote down, I'd like to see a car that could fly. I'd like to see a phone you could plug into a telephone pole because I watched my father get ran over by a car looking for a phone out in the middle of the forest because nobody had such things as dumb phones. And I wanted to see, and now, man, the phones are amazing, aren't they? But everybody through the Internet, on satellite, on telephone, on cell, whatever, are going to see those two lads get back up for the dead. Everybody will. But you aren't going to need a dumb, smart, idiot phone, any technology to see Jesus Christ when he comes. You don't want to be there. If it's talking about the day when he literally comes down to earth, it'll be too late for you because there's someone else coming who's going to demand you take a mark in the middle of that tribulation, chapter 13 of the book of Revelation. You take that mark or you don't be able to buy milk for your kids. And when we were boys growing up, you yourself know it, None of us would have ever dreamt there'd ever come a day when someone said, you cannot come into this bank and do business unless you put a mask on. You cannot get on that bus unless you wear a mask. You cannot buy milk from the store unless you put a mask on. Not that hard to comprehend. Someone else saying, now, you cannot use your Internet. You can't make a cell phone call. You can't Google. You can't sit in your home and do your school. You can't buy a pack of chewing gum unless you take this mark. I don't know what it is, but I know this. They'll put it on the hands of people, and if you take that mark, you will die and go to hell because you will bow your knee. That's how we know the vaccine is not the mark. We're not in the tribulation. Jesus Christ is going to come and get us first, and that might be tonight. And I just want to encourage you today. If you're here, you heard a message this morning. You cannot live without Jesus Christ. can't. You're alive, but if you're here without Christ, you're dead in trespassing sins. You need to believe on him who is 
who was and who is to come because it's God who laid down his life so we could live. I'd like to encourage you to do that tonight. You know him as your Savior. Amen. We, we, we came to celebrate pastor's faithfulness, and it's a wonderful thing. And I, 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 I can't believe I've been in Ireland 20 years. That's, it's amazing to me. It goes by so fast, doesn't it? Well, it's time for Jesus to come again. 2,000 years before the flood, 2,000 years since it begun, and it's almost been 2,000 years since he died. How long is it going to be? I don't think anybody could sit there and say, well, we've got only, you know, 13 more years to go or whatever it is. Don't, don't even think about that because no man knows the hour nor the day. He's going to come at such a time when, no, when people are not expecting. And it could come in the first watch or the second watch. It doesn't matter. Are you ready? <laughs> Our Father, I pray that you would do a 